0: Welcome to Maniacally Midwest, a true crime podcast.
1: Hello, our lovely listeners. Thank you for joining us again this week at Maniacally Midwest. I am Katie with my lovely co-host, Chloe. Hello. We hope you guys are enjoying what feels at least like the start of summer here in the Midwest. I was going to
0: say, take it away with the weather forecast. It's, (laughs) It's cold here today, okay? I have on a sweatshirt, so... It's been really nice. We're back down into the sixties. It was like forty something when I woke up this morning, but oh my gosh, it's it happening. Not that cold here. summer is it's creeping up on us finally.
1: mm, it's here. No, I've already officially gotten my first like mini sunburn of the season. Oh, yeah, which is obligatory, so then from there on out, it's just tan the rest of the season, but for now got a little bit rosy the other day, but we're all good. So this week, if this is your first week joining us, welcome. Um, How we kind of set things up is one week Chloe presents a case, one week I present a case, and whoever's not the presenter is the one that's listening and reacting in real time with the rest of you. So with that being said, oh, also, my mug of the week.
0: Yes, give us the, oh, wow, look at that.
1: This is artwork by my daughter.
0: I was going to say that so. looks like a Layla one of a kind. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I will be
1: enjoying my beverage out of this week. Um. Anyways, kick it off, Chloe.
0: So we've been out of the loop this week, guys. I didn't tell tell Katie anything, not even where this one is from. So this is going to be really just off the cuff. But this week we are headed to Walker, Michigan. So Walker Walker is a part of the like Grand Rapids metro area. So I grew up um, half the time over in East Grand Rapids, definitely had friends that lived in Walker. It's all kind of tucked in there over in West Michigan. Um, It has a population of around 25,000 and covers around 25 miles of land total. Well, there aren't that many recognizable figures uh, from Walker. They do have a lot of other things going on. I didn't realize any of this. If you're a West Michigan person, you're gonna be like, "Wow, this is so neat." If you're not from West Michigan, you're probably like, "Okay, well, who the fuck cares?" <laughs> but <laughs> they are. Um, they have the corporate headquarters for Meyer, which that
1: I knew. They kind of loads know. there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I guess even in Wisconsin, we have Meijer now, honestly, my favorite place to shop. And um, I always call, always call it Meijer's, even though there's no S on the end. That's a hotly contested debate in the Midwest for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's also home to the headquarters for Bissell, the uh, vacuum people.
1: Oh, I should have known that because there is like Bissell, like, um, pet rescue stuff. Yes. And like all of the animal shelters in the area have Bissell, like attached to them. And I guess I didn't connect the dots that maybe that's why, because it's a local thing also.
0: Yeah. So they live in East Grand Rapids. Actually, one of the little Bissell boys was in my brother's grade. They're super nice. Um, and I think who else? And we've got the Butterball Turkey people also over in East Grand Rapids. That's our other famous. But anyways, wow. that's the point. Um, and then my favorite local news station, I don't know about yours, but WZZM 13, their um, their headquarters, whatever, is also located in Walker. So. Wow. Okay. That's a little bit about that. Uh, really typical, smaller, just West Mich- west Michigan suburb, generally pretty low-key. I mean, do you ever hear about anything going on in Walker? It's pretty nondescript. I don't remember anything growing up.
1: I, it's hard to say because if you don't live in the area, you just think of it as like Grand Rapids area. It's only like your bubble is the one that you recognize as being the area that you're from. Like if you live in Wyoming, you think of Wyoming as Wyoming. Yeah. But if you're not from there, that's like, that's Grand Rapids, like whatever. Same thing with like sure. Kentwood, Comstock Park, all you these know, different you areas. You have hear about
0: stuff going on in Kentwood. But, <laughs> well, okay. This. So, in 1987, this little sleepy town was about to gain national attention after a couple committed a series of heinous crimes. Yes. So Gwendolyn Graham was 24 and Kathy Woods was 25 in 1987. The two women met at the Alpine Manor nursing home where they both worked as nurses aides.
1: I got real excited. I thought that we were going to hear about like two old ladies who just went off the chain. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> two young ladies. Um, So they met there. Gwen had just moved to Michigan from Texas in 1986, and they became friends really quickly. Their relationship progressed, and they became a couple. So Gwen was a California native who grew up in Tyler, Texas, which my best friend from Colorado, Christina, also did. I hope she doesn't... Grow up to do any of these things. But we're older than 24, 25 now. So she's surpassed that. Anyways, also shout out to Tyler, Texas because I order my turkeys from there.
1: Oh, God. Or- so you were going to say Honey Baked Ham. I was just waiting for Honey Baked Ham to come up. That's-
0: I mean, so it's always a toss up. I have to trade off with my husband. Sometimes we order the hams for me and then I have to alternate with the turkeys. But they make really good turkeys in Tyler, Texas.
1: Well, how dare you? Butterball is here, you jerk. I
0: don't know about that. Okay, so Gwen was known to be really quiet, respectful, like super subdued, really not to cause a stir. There are some reports that she suffered sexual abuse from her father growing up, Mm. but there were never any charges filed or anything um, really on paper. So Kathy was Gwen's boss at Alpine Manor. She was only a year older, but she'd already been kind of forced into adulthood early because she got married as a teenager. So she had been married for about seven years and her marriage had just recently failed, which led to her being, you know, in a little bit of a depressed state and she ended up gaining a ton of weight um, to the point where she actually was up, to about 450 pounds oh so yeah a lot a lot definitely sounds like she had some emotional eating problems which i mean who doesn't but it it happens so anyways she felt really alone and friendless and when gwen showed up that kind of all changed they got along really well um people had said that gwen hadn't really connected with anybody else at work until, or that Kathy hadn't really, um, made any friends at work until Gwen showed up. So Kathy began to lose weight and enjoyed going out and being more social. She would go out to lots of gay bars, parties, and then even started engaging. Was
1: her first marriage to a man or to a woman? Yes.
0: So okay. it was to a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the next few months the two grew real close and decided that they were gonna be in a committed monogamous relationship and this relationship of course involved them having sex normal okay (laughs) usually unless you're saving yourself for marriage cool cool they weren't so kathy and gwen liked things a little bit spicy (laughs) we'll say they had some okay okay and I am not one to kink shame anybody. Do you whatever people are into weird shit great. But what they like to do was um asphyxiate each other <laughs> to have better orgasms. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Here's though where I'm
1: th- bracing myself for things to get real weird.
0: Yeah, this this is <laughs> okay. where they lose me. Okay. So Gwen began to talk about committing murder as a sexual game. This is where the kink shaming starts, okay? (laughs) I draw the line at murder. (laughs) That's not okay. So during sex, Gwen would get a kick from tying Kathy down and choking her or covering her face with a pillow until she was on the verge of blacking out. Kathy just went along with this, didn't say anything. This really (laughs) snowballed into (laughs) what Gwen called the murder game. Okay, so Gwen came up with this whole idea where she convinced Kathy that they would kill patients at the Alpine Manor by suffocating them in the same way that she was. Oh my god! to further seek sexual thrills, basically. Um, The idea was Gwen would asphyxiate the patients and Kathy would be the lookout. And so now how they got the name the murder game obviously they were murdering people but this was like a very twisted inside joke between the two of them that they were going to kill patients whose initials spelled out murder like in that order so the first person would be m and then you yeah um okay yeah <laughs> there's a lot done back here this however uh It fell through this whole murder game plot really didn't end up working out because the initial targets that they had selected put it too much of a fight. So they were forced to let them live. How did they not get caught then right away? You would think exactly. You would think, okay, there are people now that have been, you know, they tried to murder people. If somebody tried to suffocate me and I had the wherewithal to fight them off, you would think, oh, I'm going to file a complaint or make a scene or something, anything. Tell my kids, I don't know, whatever. But there ended up be no complaints from any of the people. Or, the day.
1: or she's the boss, isn't she? She is. And she wasn't the one doing it. So they could easily file a complaint with her that gets like shredded.
0: Tossed out. <laughs> exactly. That's true. I didn't even think about that. So in in any case, if they were covering that up as well, which sounds like a very likely idea, there was nothing on record for complaints. So both of them earned exemplary reports from their superiors. So, I mean, they were, I'm thinking she was like a shift manager because they were nurses aides too. I don't think either of them were like registered nurses or anything like that. Like there had to have been people above them and whatever. They got, yeah, good marks. They were evidently well-liked by their patients, which seems strange to me. And they ended up deciding, Gwen was like, okay, well, we're only going to pick on women who are too far gone for self-defense. And that was the other thing, like women specifically, because that was, I mean, they were lesbians. I think that was part of the sex thrill, whatever, for them. So, during a three-month span from January to April of 1987, Kathy would stand by where she could watch the murder, but also the nurse's station all at once. And divert any staff members who would potentially get too close while Gwen Gwen, uh, snuffed out her. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) So, she what how Gwen would kill these people, these women, she would take a washcloth and press it against their nose and mouth and till they like passed out and died, until they suffocated. Super girls too. They would uh then obviously, you know, when somebody passes away at one of these places, like you have to take care of like the body and whatnot and like prepare them to be like picked up so they part of that was they would have to wash the bodies down as part of the postmortem routine and that like really got them going so sometimes what? like they would be so excited about all this that they would just go into an empty room and bang stop, stop. yes well they said oh, while well, the memories were still fresh <laughs> gross <laughs> And in several cases, Gwen actually kept souvenirs. Like she kept an anklet, a handkerchief, a brooch, a set of dentures. What? So gross. So weird. And listen to this. So they got even bolder. They were just really into this. Okay, and I feel like it's weird too for... For women to be displaying these actions in, like, being, like, so sexually driven by this, I just feel like, I mean, not that women don't have high sex drives, but I feel like usually with stuff like this, it's more, like, men that would be doing, like, weird shit and, like, be pushing the envelope in terms of sex. I so feel like usually
1: point. when women are the committers of murder, yeah, it's typically, like, personal Mm-hmm. Like, most of the serial killers are not women. Right. It seems to be more of a, that's one field that I'm okay with men really have thriving time. at. You guys can keep that. Yeah. But yeah, no, typically I think it is men who have, like, sexual components to their crimes. So this is weird.
0: Yeah. So at one point, they were straight up telling their colleagues what they were doing. Okay, because that added to, like, the, like, sexual, like, uh, drive part of this. But their accounts were just dismissed as sick jokes. Like, when mm-hmm. at one point literally showed, I think it was, like, three or four aides, her shelf of souvenirs, and still no one stopped them.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Like, people, I I, and I don't know, I mean... If somebody joked about that stuff to me, I would still probably tell somebody and be like, hey, this is real fucking weird. I don't know like if well, this it would be an working.
1: inappropriate joke, even if it is a joke, it would be like they shouldn't be working here. If this is like their attitude towards the
0: patient's death. Right. Like that's not OK. <laughs> so your timer went off. I know. I'm going to go down in two more minutes. Okay, I'm making uh, potato skins from TGI Friday's frozen ones. Those are good. (laughs) Real healthy. Um, Okay. So here's really where things started to unravel though. Gwen wanted Kathy to take on a more active role because at this point the roles had been Gwen was killing these people. Kathy was the lookout, right? So to prove her love, she would have to kill one of the patients herself. That's what Gwen wanted. Kathy wasn't ready for this. She got transferred to another shift. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, they're going to turn on each other, aren't they? Because she refused to put skin in the game. Yeah. Gwen could be the one that goes down for this whole thing. Good, good.
0: Gwen became uninterested. She's over it. She got another woman, left Michigan to go back to Texas, And started working in a hospital with infants. No. Yes. So a terrified Kathy ended up confessing everything to her former husband. Great. It took old Kenny Boy over a year to say anything. Finally, after 14 months, he called the police. What the hell? That I. You go take care of the dog. I'm going to get my food. I'll be back. You go. Okay. So Grand Rapids police were skeptical of Kenwood's story at first, the ex-husband. Right. And they looked into it. Around 40 patients had died at Alpine Manor in the first quarter of 1987, which it happens. Like a lot of people, Pass away depending on how big the facility is.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm and saying, right? Like, that's not that weird of a number, I guess.
0: Yeah. They were all listed as natural deaths, but upon reflection, eight of the cases really seemed to stand see out to the police. They didn't say like what flagged it, but they finally eliminated out of those eight deaths, um, five of them that they were like, okay definitely there is some foul play here.
1: In a nursing home, is it not normal for an autopsy, like for a cause of death
0: to be like done? I would imagine that they do a cause of death, but I don't know how in depth they go. I don't know if they always do an autopsy or if it has to be you know, something that the family says because it is a medical facility. I'm not sure if they can call it because I don't know. Like if somebody dies in a hospital and a doctor's like, this is the cause of death. Do they do an autopsy on top of that? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know either. Rocky, chill out. <laughs> okay. So the victim list that was left uh, after they had gotten down to the five was 60-year-old Marguerite Chambers, which that one, I mean, depending on her health, obviously that seems very strange that she's only 60. You still got a lot of life left. Yeah. Um. 89-year-old Edith Cole. 95-year-old Myrtle Luce. 79-year-old May Mason. Love her name. These are all M's? Um. There's, let's see, three M's and E... And then we have 74-year-old Belle Burkhart. Oh, B doesn't fit in there. That one, yeah, really switched it up. So in none of the cases was there any specific scientific evidence of murder. But between the statement from the ex-husband and the second thoughts of the staffers at the home, it was strong enough for them to at least make a case. So both women were arrested in December, 1988. Kathy was held without bond in Grand Rapids. Cause she was right. still in Michigan. And then in Texas, where rumors of the Michigan investigation had already cost Gwen her job. Thank God.
1: Yeah. Thankfully
0: um, she was put in jail with a million dollar bond. And basically they're, was like stuff going on. They were trying to extradite her back to Michigan. And I don't know what was happening in Texas, but she basically just was over it, decided I'm going back on my own terms. So she returned to Michigan. Um, the Alpine staff manner was overwhelmed by the arrests, though some people upon reflections did remember Gwen is, Unpredictable is what they said, saying that she did have a really quick temper.
1: Can you imagine how crappy you would feel after like someone told you and you're like, "Uh, I thought it was a joke?
0: Well, that's the yeah, what we're getting to is some of the nurses aides. There was Deborah Kidder, Nancy Harris, Lisa Lynch, Don Mail, and Russell Thatcher all. Reevaluated those sick jokes and the souvenirs that they had managed to ignore okay god yeah and they were like okay yeah like by the way this is some of the shit that she said and she had like i'm assuming like in her office it sounds like or something but like somewhere on the premises she was keeping the souvenirs so she could show people
1: that's sick
0: Yes. So at the trial, four of them testified against Gwen, and then Kathy emerged as the state star witness because she, you know, she had ended up having a conscience through all this. It was probably also easier that she was the lookout. But who knows even how involved she was because I think it's really easy for her. To just like out of nowhere decide, okay, well, I don't feel good about this. I didn't do anything, but she was doing all this stuff, right? I mean,
1: personally, I doubt she got a conscience. I feel like mm, if you're the person that rolls over first and you had the least to do with the crime, you're going to have a lot more leniency. So it's pretty much self-preservation to yeah be like, oh, I suddenly care you were the one showing off these things and telling people about it. So
0: no, super weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so in September, 1989, they gave her a plea deal, Kathy for Mm -hmm. working with them. Right. So she didn't get life in prison, but she did get 20 to 40 years. So long time. And, in return for the leniency, she took the stand against Gwen three months later, which did not go well for Gwen. Good. So aside from the five victims that definitely were murdered, that they had like the idea of, to create the case around, Kathy said that Gwen had tried to suffocate at least five others who had survived. And Kathy's ultimate confession to her husband had been prompted less by guilt and more by fear that Gwen was going to continue killing in her new position down in Texas with infants as her prey this time. So that's what she said really, like, did it over for her is that she didn't want.
1: Uh, that's bullcrap. She's a liar. Because why would she confess it to her ex-husband instead of calling the police directly? She was still bragging. She's full of shit. Kathy, shut up.
0: No, that is very weird. So this is a quote from like the trial whenever she was on the stand. She said when she was killing people at Alpine and I didn't do anything, um, that was bad enough. But when she would call me and say how she wanted to smash a baby, I had to stop her somehow. I knew she was working in a hospital there. She said she wanted to take one of the babies and smash it up against the window. I had to do something. I didn't care about myself anymore. Kathy.
1: Rocky is so upset. He loves his babies. You She's can hear so him. This. She's so full of crap. So she what? she had multiple options, by the way. She could have called the police herself. Yeah, She could have called... Gwen's employer. She could have done a bunch of stuff. She did none of those. She bragged to her ex husband.
0: Yeah, that's super weird. So, Gwen's lawyer tried to portray Kathy as. Rocky! (laughs)
1: Sorry, go on.
0: Gwen's lawyer tried to portray Kathy as a jealous, vindictive liar, setting his client up as a sacrificial lamb. But. Jurors disagreed. Uh, they only deliberated for seven hours before convicting Gwen on five counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. So on Dece- or November 2nd, 1989, Gwen was sentenced to six life terms of imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Good, good. So I don't actually know if... Gwen or rather Kathy got out because she was in for 20 to 40 years
1: yeah and 2019 would have been 20 years
0: yeah let's see
1: I'm
0: trying to see
1: hide your grandma's people if she's out
0: I don't think she's out because I don't see anything right away oh and I forgot another fun little piece of this I haven't watched this whole season I'm not sure if you have But American Horror Story, the sixth season is called Roanoke. I think it's one with Cuba Gooding Jr.
1: I Um, I don't know if I watched the whole thing or not. I did watch the Roanoke one, though.
0: I watched, I think, a couple of episodes and I just couldn't get into it. But the sisters Miranda and Bridget Jane are based off of Kathy and Gwen. So it's been a cool.
1: long time since I watched that. That's why I'm like, wait, what? Because yeah. they on American Horror Story, they do like pick a lot of people that are like real and like base characters off of.
0: Yes. Okay. Let me. I'm gonna Google really quick and see. By the way, if you want to see some sick mullets on ladies, Google these two because they're mustards. <laughs> we'll have nice. to. yeah i would say
1: dog is a style icon
0: well he is but if he was like a lesbian serial killer in the 80s (laughs) these two (laughs) that's all i'm saying
1: so like bleach blonde permed mullet
0: oh yeah it's yeah well i think one of them has a perm but in the other one is bleach blonde so nice Let's see
1: if you guys want to hear an entertaining story. When I was in high school, I thought that I could bleach my hair blonde because I I mean, I have an aunt that looks very similar to me and she dyed her hair bleach blonde and it looks so good. Like I didn't even know as a child that my aunt ever had the same color hair as I did. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like she was born with that hair color. So I was like, you know what? If she looks looks good, I can also look good. I was like, but I've got dark hair, so we're going to do this in steps. And the step where I stopped at, my hair was like a weird coppery color, and I had a really unfortunate haircut that correlated with that. I looked like someone's mom that would ask to speak to a manager. It was terrible. (laughs) And ever since then, I stay in my lane
0: I think that's good I like yeah. hair care when I used to dye my hair like fun colors they would have to bleach it all out and the in-between stage it would get that real coppery like crazy and I sent a photo to my husband and his best friend one time mid-process <laughs> and his best friend said that I looked like Garth from Wayne's World and <laughs> I've just really never got that out of my head <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong, but also still offended. <laughs> okay, so it says that Gwen is serving her sentence at Huron Valley Correctional Complex. And I don't see anything about Kathy getting out. <gasps> Oh my god! Wait, she was released in 2020.
1: Uh, was she a pandemic oh. release?
0: You know how they were letting some people out because she was of in Florida. It looks like I don't know how she got transferred down to Florida, but well, it says that. She was let out of federal prison in Tallahassee um, against the objections of the victim's relatives. Like, they didn't want her to get out. And it says that she is going to live with her sister in Fort Mill, South Carolina. So. Good. Sounds like it's South Carolina's problem. (laughs) yikes yeah well that's terrifying okay yeah well are we gonna do that's the thing that really
1: i feel like we're having connection issues where it's like delayed when like we're talking and i don't know if that's true or not or if i'm losing my mind maybe
0: no you're good
1: on my end Okay. Yes, we are going to do our topic of the week. This is not so much a controversial topic, but it's more of like we want to hear from you guys. We know that we have a bunch of listeners all over the world, um, different countries, but also different regions. We know that we've got a bunch of Midwest listeners, but we've got people all over the place. And even inside the Midwest, there can be different things. So we're going to talk about some things that people do that are uniquely their region. Um, so I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but my husband is Bosnian and I don't think this is a Bosnian thing. I think it's a European thing just to be clear, (laughs) but because I'm surrounded by a lot of Bosnian in-laws, they're the people that I've heard it from. Um, so when we went to Bosnia, um, European people hate air conditioning, like hardcore.
0: Why? Why? How- especially
1: in cars. Okay. And one of my husband's relatives when we were talking about how hot it was in the car, um he said something like, "Oh, I knew a guy that drove from Germany to Bosnia with the air conditioning on and when he arrived, he just dropped dead because of the air conditioning." <laughs> I <laughs> so, mean,
0: <laughs> the maybe what is it, the refrigerant stuff? Maybe there was some kind of a leak. I'm not sure. No,
1: like I think European people are very sensitive to and don't like breezes. So like opening a window and having that be open while you sleep is like you're going to get really sick. Okay. Um, another thing is, is if you go to Europe and you order a drink, you more than likely are not going to get ice. I've and if you that. ask for ice, you get like two like cubes. It's like hardly anything. And Americans, it's like you actually have to be like, yo, please give me like light ice or half ice because our cups are like just jam-packed full of ice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I know Wisconsin, this is true. And Michigan, this is also true. Where at least Western Michigan. I don't know about Eastern. But the area that I'm in. People say, oh, a lot. Like if you like almost walk into someone in like grocery store or coming in or out of the gas station, you're like, oh, sorry.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Um, what kind Here's of stuff you got?
0: What we really need to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we live um, on the pop soda divide. Okay. So tell us where you're from and if you drink pop or if you drink soda. I grew up in Michigan where we drink pop. I now live in Wisconsin where they drink soda and they But that's very
1: regional to Wisconsin because my grandma is from like the Eau Claire area and she would call it pop. But I grew up calling it soda. If my parents were to ask me, if my dad were to ask me if I want a pop, I'd be real nervous that I'm about to get smacked upside the head for something <laughs> that I did. That's what a pop would mean to me. So no, thank you. Hard pass.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: Another thing is, is, where you're from, what do you call it? A water fountain? Or do you call it a bubbler? Because.
0: Nobody calls it a fucking bubbler. It's like you guys in Massachusetts. I will slap you in your face. And
1: Everyone people- who is normal calls it a bubbler.
0: No. It's a yes. water fountain.
1: A water fountain is the thing you like toss a penny into.
0: That's different. That's a fountain. Not a water fountain.
1: What comes out of it?
0: Well, technically, yes, water comes out of those. But I'm saying that's not what you call it.
1: Unless it's an old fashioned fountain. That, okay, fine. That wouldn't be a bubbler. Right. I agree. Shane.
0: I was going to say, Shane, where are you on this? Tell we're us.
1: waiting for you. Yes. You know? I did. I saw on Instagram, he posted a map. I don't know where he got it from. I need to know where he got it from of the Supper Clubs of Wisconsin. Girls. <laughs> i love supper clubs so much they don't exist here
0: i have not had a supper club experience yet i haven't seen one that i felt was clean enough to eat in and i find one you
1: just are like driving past the outside like these are old homey people if you go on the inside they're clean i've never driven past a supper club and thought to myself like this looks like an amazing establishment. If you go into, like, a city, there's all these newer places with, like, fresh new logos. Yeah. So this is going to be, like, the, like, awning with, like, dark maroon oh, and, yeah. like, tan and, like, letters.
0: Or, like, dark green. No, I I know what they look like. We've got the Country Squire over in Muskego which I've heard lots of horror stories about Ryan's brother used to work there. So I think maybe that's also what has just turned me off to supper clubs, but I'll find
1: Schwartz's Schwartz's supper club in, I think it's technically St. Anna. I don't know the area. I don't remember. I can drive you there, but I don't know what little (laughs) dot it sits in. So it's like kind of outside, like the keel area. Mm. Go there Fridays. Get your prime rib. They've also got delici- delicious, delicious roasted chicken.
0: I do which- love roasted chicken. Oh my god! I just got out of this place. Fork in the road. Mm. They make some delicious chicken.
1: Mirza and I are like on the verge of divorce because he refuses to acknowledge the fact that roasted chicken is different than fried chicken.
0: Yeah, what a freak.
1: I he doesn't he's just it. a hateful person I it
0: can't like deal it. with him so now that you know our feelings on all the different types of food that we eat um <laughs> give us give us your input on where you live what are some of the quirks what are some of the, like the weird regional practices foods language those kind of things that you guys have yeah, I mean, I think
1: it'll be really interesting, especially if there's people from similar areas who comment, because there's things that I didn't think that were odd, and then I realized that it wasn't a Midwestern thing or a Wisconsin thing. It's like a uniquely my family thing, but I thought it was so normal. Yeah. I apologize for Rocky. There's going to be zero way I can edit out all of his nonsense. He's, talk. He's disrespectful. <laughs> And now I hear the baby.
0: All right, guys. Follow us on Instagram. See what we're up to at Maniacally Midwest. Like, rate, subscribe us on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. And we'll see you next week.
1: See you guys. Bye. Bye.